Hello, podcast listeners. You've reached This Marketing Life, and I'm your host, Fiona McEachran. This Marketing Life is the podcast that discusses the real-world challenges and opportunities facing today's marketing manager. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on iTunes and visit thismarketinglife.com to subscribe to future episodes and cool marketing management goodies. And if you have any questions about marketing management, please contact me. This is the 2020 crisis series of This Marketing Life. I am chatting with Malavika Sudish, Marketing Executive at CMC Markets in Sydney. Malavika is an experienced marketing professional who's been in the fintech space for the past two years. Originally from India, she was working as an engineer in a leading tech company when she found her calling. She started her journey in marketing as a content writer before moving to Sydney. Since then, she has worked in marketing in the not-for-profit education and financial services sectors. Welcome to the show, Malavika. Thank you for having me, Fiona. Uh, this podcast is a great initiative for the marketing community um, because it's often really hard to find reliable resources on education or trends overall on what's happening in the market. So really happy to be a part of this. No, that's you've got it spot on. I mean, that's exactly why I mean why I started doing this marketing podcast because at the time, a couple of years ago, there wasn't a lot of realistic conversations about what was happening happening in marketing, and uh, you know a lot of it was high level strategy, but not really what was happening on the ground. So I'm, I mean, I'm thrilled that you're uh, you're coming on the show. <laughs> yes, same here. So how are you going with everything, uh, with the, the crisis, what's happening in your side? Well, uh, yeah, well, for me, it has been, uh, it's been a very strange, strange times. Uh, I never thought I would experience, I mean, I thought the GFC was bad, you know, but, <laughs> and now, and now we've got this health crisis and pandemic. So yeah, it's, it's like nothing I thought I would live through, but no, I'm, I'm surviving. I think, like uh, like like most, just yeah. uh, hoping hoping that uh, you know we get to back to some kind of new normal. I mean, how how are you going? How are you finding it? Uh, just the same. Uh, usually, uh, I'm usually a very analytical uh, and data driven person, but this is like a clean slate. You have nothing to you know draw an example from or or any data i'm like uh, you're on your own you have to find a way to survive this so it's been interesting that way but you know compared to a lot of the other people i think i can't complain i'm in a better spot so i'm thankful for that um but in the perspective of businesses again this is quite different uh because you know you see certain uh you know businesses like uh, travel and hospitality collapsing by the minute because of all the restrictions while you see certain areas of retail really thriving so it, 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 it was I think March was the record month when it comes to sales uh, for any kind of retail in the history of Australia can you believe that yes <laughs> no I can I've you know like you said about the data you know I you know me I'm data driven too and you know, there was no previous data from a similar situation for us to fall back on it. And literally, we've been reading the data as it's happening, as it's coming in, you know, looking and seeing how this pandemic is affecting business, the 
you know, national economy, the global economy, how it's affecting sectors. I mean, look, the data comes in, we're processing it and making decisions almost on a day-to-day -day basis. Exactly. I mean, uh, GFC was bad, but again, that was an economic crisis. Uh, so you know how to, you know, toggle it or what to fix. But this is yes. completely different from that. So businesses, even uh, what I've been working on has been, you know, trying to find the audience, what they need, how we can support uh, and, you know, being more human uh, so that you can, you know, just support each other and, you know, navigate the best way possible. So yes, for finance, it's been it has been it has been a pivot from business as usual to really tapping into the climate, and especially the emotional climate of customers at the moment. Exactly. Uh, I mean, speaking of emotional climate, uh, are you working from home? Of course, <laughs> we have been working uh, from home from I think at least uh, late March. So um, as I'm working with a global company at the moment, they were well prepared for something like this, but we never tested it as in uh, we, none of us were working full time from home anyway. It was more of a rotation or whenever you need the convenience, but this is like now home is your office. There is no, uh, you know, uh, no, no, uh, what would you say? Uh, no uh, current commuting. Yes, that too. <laughs> or no delineation between office and home. That's the that's the thing that I was going for. You you jump no, I... in whenever you get out whenever. So that's been the case for the last couple of months. Yes, I think a lot of people have found that it has been, you know, they've had the successes of working from home being, you know, you can get a lot more done, you don't have time commuting, you don't have interruptions. But then also there's the challenges because you are working where you normally live and relax. Exactly. So I think I start my day at seven now because uh, I wake up, uh, there's nothing to do. There's no routine now. You just go get into your laptop and that's where you're working. So you start really early and you get into projects and because we, everybody is really trying to support and, you know, do as much as we can for the clients, you end up working really late and there would be multiple projects to run as well. So you end up getting out at like 10 in the night and then you think about a few more things to do that you forgot to catch up. So oh, that's, that's insane and not sustainable. <laughs> yeah. So we've been really trying to, you know, step back, we can still do it, but, you know, find some sort of a balance. But, yeah, you, you make the best of what we can do, right? Yeah. Uh, how, are you, how are you guys communicating? Are you using online tools? Of course. So I think we've been living in Skype lately. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Uh, there would be impromptu meetings, calls. But I think uh, communication-wise, even though it needed to get uh, we needed to get used to the skype weirdness and you know 10 to 30 seconds gap where nobody's talking or waiting for someone to respond <laughs> after getting used to that i think it's been okay <laughs> yeah it, it is a whole new way of working if you're working used to working in an office to suddenly just be communicating with everyone in the business online in australia and overseas yeah exactly so that's the other side of it so you have uh, people working in uk who have the same situation or in canada or whatever so you have to so you have been using something like that before like conference calls uh, microsoft teams etc this is now just 
full time using that. So it's just scaling up what we already have, uh, but you know, getting used to it. Uh, you are so used to you just tapping on someone uh, right next to you and just getting the work done. But now you have to schedule a call, wait for your turn. You have to, you know, just manage it better. But you know, it's just using whatever you can in the best way possible. That's the whole situation, isn't it? No, well, it is. And this is, gets back to my, you know, premise of this conversation, because, you know, when I think about uh, marketing today, you know, we have to be more flexible than I've ever seen. We have to be more agile. You know, uh, a lot of these agile marketing practices have, have come to the forefront. Uh, a lot have been adopted from tech. A yep. lot have been, you know, this idea of stand-ups and scrums and, and having really short marketing sprints and evaluating and tweaking. I mean, has that been your experience? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, but to be honest, uh, the industry that I'm in now, it's it's a short space between uh, traditional banking and financial institutions and completely, uh, you know, new generation uh, fintech, that kind of space. So it, it, it's a balance of both, uh, at least for my industry, even before the whole thing started blowing up. So we had to pivot uh, based on how the market's reacting, what's happening in the market. Even with uh, you know a few tweets from Trump, we might be getting a lot of calls, new applications, uh, or you know just differences in what clients want. So it, yes. that industry has always been that agile, and you have to react to what markets are doing. So we, to a limit, has been prepared to it, but. This right now, what we are doing, is like a pressure test for all of it. So it's like really testing our skills. Are you up for it? So yeah, the last couple of months has been looking at what exactly the market needs and reacting to it as best possible way. So um, we have been, I mean, what I find now is that uh, it's the best uh, we can do with strategy. So usually when we are actually planning out for the year, you have a particular strategy, what you want to do with uh, the markets or what are, what are the things that you want uh, out of this year, et cetera, for the business. But yes, I, uh, Mal, I, I see that uh, your strategy for 2020 has probably changed a lot since January. <laughs> exactly. Now that's in the dustbin. It, it, it's completely useless. What can you do with an out of home placement when nobody's out there to see it? So it, it's completely redundant now. So uh, that's what I found. You have to really understand what exactly is happening in the market and pivot based on that. So where is, uh, where is your audience uh, right now? What can you do for them? Uh, what is the support systems? Uh, what's the kind of, uh, you know, the spending capacity of your audience, etc. So you have to really be uh, emotional about it as well as you have to plan uh, and you know change your plans based on that. So yeah, it's been a journey. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's really been agile like in that way. Um, so this is definitely, has it impacted your day-to-day, -day, I'm guessing, other than the extended hours? I mean, how many people do you have in your team? Um, so 
to be honest, uh, marketing has been a real priority for this uh, area or this industry uh, because you need to really get to that audience to bring the numbers in. So marketing... Well, it's a very competitive industry, isn't it? Of course. It? It, it's actually quite saturated as well because there are a lot of competitors, uh, uh, even uh, you know foreign or Australian uh, ones. So you have to really be on top of what's happening in the market and you know be very aggressive. So, and it, it also comes down to the to what kind of brand you have so yeah so it, it, it is really competitive uh, competitive uh, i agree uh, but in our, in our team i think we have at least uh, about 15 people working just in marketing so that shows how important it is absolutely i mean i know a lot of teams and companies have been cutting back on marketing since this crisis started but i i keep seeing the messaging over and over again saying this is actually the best time to have your marketing team on the forefront and to have your your comms going out and to be prepared to ride the wave when we get through this crisis exactly so it's not just a comms team right marketing is across the board so we have to be able to understand what's happening in the market right now the data we are getting out of this uh, you have to understand what is happening and what can we do for the future that uh, and what kind of channels we, we have to talk through like is it digital against some of the traditional channels so it, it all requires different kinds of marketing and we need people based on that best people based on that so yeah we need that team together and to work together also what i've been realizing is that uh, a situation like this actually really emphasizes uh, what it's about synergies across teams it's not about sales versus marketing anymore. You have to work together more than ever to really make sure that your company as well as your customer base is safe and get through this. So it's sales, commerce, uh, commercial and client services plus marketing. It's a huge team. They all come under the same umbrella. So yeah, it's funny. It's funny that uh, you're talking about sales and marketing uh, working together because I mean I I had a conversation the other day from on my podcast with a sales leader whose sole purpose in life is to get sales and marketing to work together and it will be strange if if one of the good things to come out of this crisis is more alignment in sales and marketing they stop the whole it's us and them oh it's you know they're supposed to do leads and they're supposed to convert leads no let's actually exactly. change our focus let's look at the customer what the customer needs let's see how both sales and marketing together can support that customer exactly it's all about their customer journey so you just use the you know the right team based on that whatever the customer needs re-emphasizing the basic principles all over again customer is killing you just need to give them the best service as you can whichever team you are in so yeah it's just re-emphasizing re the same things all over again yeah um, um, just to back up a little bit in your in your marketing executive role I mean what what are you delivering in the business at the moment so I'm more of a generalist, so I kind of dabble in. <laughs> hey, I love being a generalist. Yeah, exactly. really. <laughs> celebrate being a generalist. It is good to to be be across things. Exactly, and I think uh, my mind works best in that way as well. I need to be across everything 
get a holistic view of what's happening. I can't really stay in one channel and be just doing it digital or print. It, it, it gets redundant or, you know, you won't have skills on the other stuff. You won't understand what's happening in the business. So it's always, at least my personal opinion is, did, uh, it, being a generalist always helps uh, being in that business and to understand it. Um, so, yeah, with me, uh, I dabble a little bit in ECRM side, a little bit bit on the automation uh, side. Uh, I do a lot of analytics for my team based on what campaigns we run out. Uh, and uh, I do work closely with agencies and our digital team uh, based on what kind of campaigns we have in the market. So it's it's pretty much everything. <laughs> wow. And no two days are the same. No, never. I think no two hours are the same. <laughs> because, you know, you have multiple projects going out anyway, and dip in different uh, points. So you have to get in and out of it uh, just like that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So with being across so many different things from CRM to automation to data, I mean, how do you stay on top of your learning in these areas? I think what I've been finding uh, over the last few uh, few months has been like I've been trying to understand the automation and uh, lifecycle management side a lot. But what I find is we have very limited resources in the market or at least open source resources to understand or learn about about it. So you know that Salesforce or Marketer are some of the biggest uh, players in the industry, but you can't really access it unless you have a license for it or there's no certification, nothing like that to lean on. So I think you have to lean on your networks and learn as much as you can from them, also from your agencies, etc., so that you can get as much as you can and you know absorb and also working uh, really closely with people who have experience from your own team. Like you might have a few people who came from a different background or different industry. So what they are doing in different companies, uh, what kind of systems. It, basically, it's just being curious to understand and absorb uh, based on what kind of um, you know, resource and uh, channel that you're getting. Um, so th that's been really helpful to me. Great. No, I think being across, you know, and not just choosing one source, but being across all different sources and just collating information from all different sources. I mean, are there any blogs that you're reading or any newsletters you're subscribed to? Uh, I, <laughs> to be honest, my uh, iCloud uh, email or whatever always have about 2,000 emails, which is just subscriptions. <laughs> I've just got one, one ID just for subscriptions. So I subscribe anything I can find. So I've, I'm subscribed with Marketo. I'm subscribed with Adobe. Uh, I've got IBM Watson, which is Silverpop, which is slightly older, uh, you know, uh, EDM uh, machine or whatever. I dabble in MailChimp. So it's pretty much, you know, try and get as much as you can uh, because marketing software, that environment is so cluttered at the moment. You And to yes. be honest, if you master at least one of them, you can probably work on most of it, or at least you can work out most of it. Uh, so yeah, yes. try and learn as much as you can. Stay curious. That's all you can do. No, absolutely. Yeah, there's so many marketing softwares out there, and a lot of them fundamentally do the same thing. Exactly. So I think I think once you are on top of one, you can kind of easily learn the others. At least that's that's how I found it. Exactly. Uh, just to come back around on on 
being in fintech, I mean, and being in financial services, seeing the latest technology, I mean, this is really one of the boom areas at the moment. I mean, how are you finding this industry compared to other industries you've worked in? So um, the past couple of months, it's been good and bad. Um, so if if you have been following the market, uh, you could see that the, it has been swinging like crazy. You could see ASX losing 200 points in an hour and then ricocheting back up like 500 points. It has never happened in the history. So even analysts are finding it really difficult to gauge what exactly is happening and to be honest what would happen in the next couple of months or so so uh, what we find from uh, our clients is that a lot of people has come back to trading and uh, they have been trying to understand uh, and gauge it as much as 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 well as they can um, if you look at uh, major players like Qantas and the banks they have all go gone down in share value or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, uh, just yes, I, I've noticed that the the financial advice on the news seems to be changing from day to day. And even the financial experts, you know, those who've been studying the markets for years, you know, they were talking about, you know, dead cat bounces and all this kind of weird stuff about whether the market was, which whether it was a good time to buy or, and, and basically, I mean, I, you and I are, are not uh, investment experts, but we definitely say that, um, you know, focusing on the long term is still the best thing to do, even though there's a lot of short term excitement going on now. Exactly. So nobody knows. <laughs> it's always, Markets are really fascinating that way because you never know you are in a downturn or you are really on a bull run un until it ends. So we have been in a bull run for about six to seven years until it ended because of coronavirus. So now we are in a downswing, but nobody knows when this will end. So it's never good to, uh, you know, push clients to trade or not, but we support uh, them the best way ca they can. To be honest, it's their right to buy, invest, uh, do what they want. But we, we are the support system if they want to open an account or if they want to trade, we are there for them. So we just uh, try to, you know, alleviate uh, whatever negatives or, uh, you know, uh, whatever uh, tension that they have uh, based on what they want to do. So we give them research, we give them education so that they can be as prepared as they can. So that's that's what we are here for, right? Of course, it, it creates a great content opportunity. I mean, I'm guessing, I mean, fintech uh, seems to be moving a lot faster than other, other industries. You know, I know you've been in a not-for-profit before. I mean, uh, is is the pace in fintech, I mean, despite this crisis, you know, if you even look back before this crisis, is is does it move at a different pace? Is there more innovation there? Of course. So... I don't know uh, if you've noticed this, but, you know, Afterpay has been uh, across the board one of the most popular brands that you have seen uh, over the last couple of years. But two to three years before, this has been non-existent. 
who would pay uh, who would think about afterpay and uh, say oh that's a great idea it, it would sound really True. absurd to a user but now that's one True. of the most used platforms across the board even around the world maybe so th that's the pace at which things change and perspectives change uh, changes in fintech so you have to be on top of it and you have to really understand that market and keep up with it so yeah of course and there's a there's a lot of digital banks and stuff coming out now too basically saying you don't need to have a branch you can just do your banking by your phone with an app and this that and the other i mean the technology is um yeah is shaking things exactly. up. exactly i mean banks i think it's always been in the agenda for banks to uh you know get into that digital space but to be honest the current situation currently uh, actually sped that process by a hundredfold to be honest because now there are no retail banks or retail branches functioning so you pretty much have to bring everything online so that you can still support clients because there's a lot of mortgages uh, a mortgage issue at the moment uh, all the support systems that uh, companies have been giving so still people need to be uh, need to uh, need access to their bank accounts and everything and now it's like a pressure test proving that okay you can actually do that from your home and the banks have been i think really on top of it uh, and trying to bring that online as much as they can yeah, so I think they haven't had much of a choice. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see, actually, if as we're looking into the future and as we're looking into, you know, a, the economy returning, you know, what what new innovations and what new tech is going to come out of this? Exactly. Um, I think at least marketing wise, uh, we have been seeing a few clear trends. Um, we always knew that print uh, and out of home media, a few of them would be redundant in a few years, but this is kind of accelerating uh, towards that trend. Uh, we see more people online, which is boosting the digital, uh, digital programmatic and search, uh, all of that, because I think most of our leads and most of our customers seems to be finding us online. So obviously companies would be looking at their brand presence uh, in, uh, in an online space uh, or a digital space more, uh, at least after this. We don't know how sustainable this trend is, but this is definitely what we're seeing right now. And whoever has been, uh, you know, giving more attention to that has been, uh, you know, really uh, riding the wave with this one um so yeah definitely a few yeah trends like that yes mal based on those those trends i mean what skills i mean what top skills do you think marketers need to have uh, moving into the future um to be honest if you are a generalist you need to understand uh, really everything at least the basics of it so that you can still roll up your sleeves and get into it <laughs> when so so the, the skill the skill is pretty much everything yeah, across the board <laughs> you need to take up everything so i i usually make sure that i read uh, a few seo ones like seo specialist blogs uh so that you know at least subscribe to it you don't have to make the effort uh to go into a blog and find time to read it but you know subscribe to newsletters so that it comes to you you can read the uh, top line on what what's happening in that industry I subscribe to you know ad news so that you know what's happening in uh, programmatic or digital buys and video programmatic which is quite big at the moment especially in TV and uh, even YouTube so video has been 
becoming something really big and people have been engaging to that. So you won't know un unless you read about it. Uh, the other one is, yes. the main one is yeah, sorry, sorry, keep going. Yeah, so the main one is analytics. You need to understand what basic analytics is and you don't need fancy tools like Tableau or SaaS platforms. You just need to be really good at Excel. And that's, that's the strongest tool you could be, uh, you could have under your sleeve. So yeah, a few things like that, uh, and maybe just a, a basic understanding of Google Analytics and Google Suite, because that's going to be used in every every industry. So yeah, a few basic stuff like that would really help you to be a true generalist. And even if you want to uh, specialize in uh, in an area of interest, that would help you to jump back in and uh, you know understand it furthermore. Yes, I think when it comes to being a generalist, I think it's a matter of a business by business, case by case basis, because, you know, at, from one business to another or one industry to another, different channels and different mediums are going to be needed. So I think as a generalist, you kind of keep a broad knowledge across, like you said, SEO, analytics, strategy, content, social media, even right, you know, marketing software, you kind of keep a broad knowledge, but then depending on the business and industry you're in and where the customers are and where, you know, the direction that sales, the sales team can help, that's where you learn to really double down. Exactly. So if you have a really basic knowledge across the board, you can always pivot based on what's required from the team. Uh, and often, uh, I think this is very unique to marketers. Our skills is often transferable from one industry to the other. So you can take your knowledge from something and change it completely based on your next job. And you can jump from nonprofit to education to fintech or whatever. But still, you, you're still relevant. You, your skills are still relevant. So polishing is yes. really easy, to be honest. No, I also like... I, I like trying different industries because I think when you have experience across different industries, you, you you can learn things that are working in one industry and then apply them in another. Yeah. So I, I that's what I found. You know, so many people just stick to the one industry, the one industry, and I think, no, it's good to have that experience. It's good to try different industries because not just the skills are transferable, but some of the ideas, some of the campaigns, and some of the things you can do for customers are also transferable. Uh, I actually agree to that point, but what I've been finding is that uh, once you, you have some sort of an experience or build an experience in a particular industry, it's really hard to change lines because the other industry is not as open-minded uh, because I've, oh my yeah, goodness I've yes. had friends who had really great experience like uh, she has been a manager or and she's been a head of a department before but you know when trying to change uh, industries from uh, fintech to maybe telecom or something else like tech they would want industry experience uh, rather than a marketing experience which is really hard sure it, it, even uh, you know narrows down uh, to a fair few people who would be just jumping from competitor to competitor and that's it so that's something of a challenge even now i i, I can't believe that we still have the challenge in 2020 uh, despite everything that we've survived but that is still the case but i i wish at least in the coming years that would change and you know you can actually make use of great talent uh, rather than just experience because it's all transferable like i said <laughs> 
No, I I agree. Um, I, it's going to be interesting, like what you said, that what is happening in this crisis, what's going to change, what's going to be different, is is fintech going to move forward, are other industries going to pull back and pivot and try different things? I guess being just this flexible and agile marketer and, and understanding when and how to pivot and when and how to try new things and learn that something isn't working and and read the data uh, and you know process the data and make sense of the data. I guess this is what the future is is holding for marketing professionals. Exactly. Um, I think this has been a good good test for brands. Uh, only the strong will survive. Uh, to be honest, whoever's using uh, their brand, leaning on the data, uh, really leaning on the basics of marketing and sales would actually come out on the other side. And the most important Thing, uh, thinking about your customer, being human, looking at what you can support. And if you have a really great product, you would still find a market uh, once this is all over. At least that's what we are hoping for. So, yeah, I think that that's where the future is heading. And hopefully that is where we are heading. Yes, uh, we. I guess there is no escape. We will find out. Exactly. <laughs> Wow, that has this has been such a great chat. I mean, you've given so much insight into tech and fintech and what it's like to be a, a marketing executive during this pandemic. So, you know, I w just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Your insights are going to help so many. Thank you so much. Uh, again, really, really happy to be a part of this. Uh, and it's really great that, you know, a new marketer can refer to something like this to start out and really understand what to look for in the industry. So thank you again for having me. Great. No, if someone does want to ask you any questions or get in touch with you, uh, what's the best way to do that? Should they just reach out to you on LinkedIn? Yeah, exactly. LinkedIn, go for it. Uh, that's where all the networks are now. <laughs> it's certain, they certainly are. Look, I'll make sure that I, I'll put a link uh, to your LinkedIn on, on the podcast page. Brilliant. So th thank you again. I'm glad we finally got this podcast done. <laughs> And um, I look forward to talking to you yeah, again. See you soon. Thanks, Thank Mel. You. Bye. Bye. So thanks for listening. If you like the show, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. Also, please visit thismarketinglife.com to view the show notes and subscribe to future episodes. I would love your feedback. If you have any burning questions on marketing management, you can ask on the website, through Twitter, on the Facebook page, or just email me at hi at thismarketinglife.com. I'm Fiona McEachran. Until next time, keep marketing. <laughs>